Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with your daily VR investing podcast. Hope everybody had a good start to your week today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, some things outside the market to talk about today. A lot of insanity going around, folks. We've got, uh, well, we got a couple pals to talk about today. We're talking about Colin Powell, um, who, who passed away. Um, got a few thoughts on that. And I'll save that for just a bit later. The war criminal himself. And uh, we have another pal to talk about, Jay Powell. Turns out Jay Powell has been day trading his own account as the head of the, as, as the, head of the SEC. We wished, wishes just the head of the SEC. As the head of the Fed, Jay, Jay Powell sets policy along with his band of criminal bankers. And then they day trade their accounts. Nothing. Could be nothing wrong with that. Sounds perfectly normal. Bob Kaplan, Eric Rosengren, of course, have done the same thing. Just found out as well. Day trading their own accounts while setting policy that affects the exact investments they're making. And, of course, well, they have the ultimate crystal ball. We'll talk about that in a moment. Some uh, coronavirus insanity to talk about as well. Delta, Delta, Delta. Great story coming out of Delta Airlines and the pilots. Really, it's about the pilots. It's not really about. It's not really about Delta. 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 Delta just wants to stay in business, and they, they know they have to have pilots to fly their planes. So the, all the all the bravos and kudos really go to to the uh, to the to the pilots for standing strong as Delta backtracks and uh, says, "No, we're not going to be uh, abiding by any kind of." Vaccine mandate policy. What are you stupid? We can't fly planes without pilots. Our our flight attendants just can't do that. Even though we forced them to take the man the, the vaccines because they wanted to keep their minimum wage jobs. Uh, boy, the pressure that's been brought to bear on really good people. You know, uh, healthcare industry specifically. We'll talk about that more in a moment too. Um, and Bitcoin, Bitcoin tomorrow's first day of trading for the first ETF that's going to be approved. In the land of Bitcoin, that means there's a whole lot more to come. Of course, there's already been tons of filings. I think we're up to over 20 filings now for ETFs. And uh, we'll talk about that because it feels like a buy the rumor, sell the event to me. Uh, Buy the rumor, sell the news. It feels like that kind of event. Um, But uh, we'll talk about that too as well. Okay, let's talk about the markets first today. Uh, Really interesting day today. Futures are down, not big, but you know. Futures are down 100, 150 points. I think we opened down around that level for the Dow Jones. But really, it was across the board, losses across the board this morning. And then all of a sudden, here comes NASDAQ. All of a sudden, here comes semiconductors. They're doing just what they did last week, leading. And folks, that's textbook. That's textbook bullish activity in the markets. Dow Jones said he finished down 36 points at 35,258. It was the only broad market index that was lower on the day. SP 500 up three tenths of one percent. Rust 2000 up a tenth of one percent. And our leader, Dow, uh, NASDAQ, up eight tenths of one percent today, uh, even as the 10 year uh, bumped up a little bit to 1.58 percent. Uh, it, it, uh, it won't stay here for long. Interest rates are going lower. And um, you know, I'm just a little stock jockey here from Sugar Land, Texas. But I can tell you that uh, we've been calling for Lower rates since uh, the tenure was 3.2%, better than three years ago. And um, it really is, was an easy call. If I'm being candid with you, it's an easy call. And I think it's an easier call now that rates are going sharply lower. Tenure below 1% near term. 
and then uh, ultimately uh, negative rates in the U.S. by around 2025 based on our work. Um, but again, textbook last week was textbook bull market action. Uh, this, this tells us, again, based on our work, if you're investing systems since it 9 out of 12 screens bullish, that's, that's, that's pretty much back up the – it is. It is back up the drug territory on pullbacks, and that is how we've been playing this. We had an ugly correction from March to September. You may not have felt like that by looking at the markets every day, but your portfolio certainly noticed it, right? Most stocks were going lower. Most stocks were going lower over about a five-month period. It was not pretty. Uh, and uh, that's all changed now. That changed last week. We actually had had a capitulation of it before that, but last week was really the week where we saw everything reverse higher. Again, tech-led. Semis led tech, led the broad market. That's textbook. Investor sentiment hit extreme fear last week. Remember, uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of our sentiment survey, matter of fact, more than two, but I, the two that we follow most closely every week here are the fear and greed index because it's such a great uh, barometer. It gives you like seven different um, uh, uh, things to look at that all make up uh, the, the fear and greed index, uh, 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 the way they calculate their numbers. And again, we reached extreme fear last week on, extreme, uh, on, a, on the fear and greed index. And the AI survey hit a low of, I believe it was 20, 24, 25% bulls. I mean, just craziness. Uh, when you're only a few cents, we're 6% away from an all-time high. And the SP 500 and Dow Jones, I think maybe just a, a tad more than that in NASDAQ at the lows last week. And then, again, these are textbook buy signals in a big bull market. Seasonality, of course, plays a major role as well. We're now in the best seven months of the year. Uh, you know, we're not out of October yet, uh, but uh, but it feels like we are. As a matter of fact, we, 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 we're, we're kind of calling our shot on this, as you know from last week that this market's headed higher into year. We think sharply higher into year end. Share buybacks are booming. Uh, mergers and acquisition booming again. What all this does is it removes equity from the market. So it's a, it completely changes the supply and demand story. You know, it, it, it removes the, it, the marginal buyers been removed. They're not needed. It's now, it's all, it's share every purchase from these, these major fortune 500 companies. Um, that are uh, that are just forcing stocks higher. Again, this is this is a this is a uh, more of our financial engineering that's taking place here. It's just not standard, and it's this is the new. This is the way. This is this is this is this is our stock market now, and this is our melt up environment. And and finally, you know, and this is something we've been talking about a lot here. Uh, again, it has to do a little bit with lower rates, but the Fed's just not going to taper aggressively. It's just not going to happen. They could talk about their their plan, which they've now published. Is to begin paper, tapering next month, right? Fifteen billion a month out of a two hundred and twenty billion a month in purchases, a bond purchase total that the Fed's been doing, and they want to taper fifteen billion a month and wrap it all up by July, I think June or July. I forget which one. June or July of next year, all of it in six seven months. And um, there's really just one reason why it's not going to happen. There's only there's really one reason: there's midterm elections next year. Because the Fed is the permanent ruling class, right? The Democrat Party is the permanent ruling class. They, these, are, they, these, these are connected and joined at the hip. And the Federal Reserve is not going to start removing a bunch of liquidity from the system, which will reverberate 
throughout the stock market. If you remember, it was something called a taper tantrum that happened back in uh, 2012, 13, I forget, 13, I think. Um, that was ugly, and the market melted down in a short period of time. That The Fed's not even going to take that risk. In a midterm election year where Biden's already expected to get shellacked, right? Not Biden's not on the ticket, but of course he is because he has no coattails. And everybody down ballot from him, be it in the House or in Senate, of course, is, is trying to get him to, uh, I don't know, wake up, you know? Try to act like you actually like the country that you're presiding over instead of hating it. Stop act stop stop telling people that yes i am a communist and yes i hate america and yes i want to destroy my country as president and so it's it's going to be uh it's going to be uh unless you find a way to rig it which you never you know never say never never with this group this permanent ruling class then it's going to be um it's going to be pretty ugly for the left next year and the fed's not going to add to that by aggressively cutting back on tapering and, and sinking the stock market it's just not going to happen. So, for all those reasons, there's more. Uh, again, we're very bullish. Think the market, the market is again, the markets are being forced higher. This is a manipulated move higher. This is the big bribe, and it's going to continue. This is early inning action. And, uh, you know, a lot of money to be made here in this bull market and real estate and cryptos, etc. cetera. Uh, internals today, uh, not great, but you know what? Again, with the move we had last week, you know, you really can't, you can't fault the internals and it's not terrible. I mean, you know, again, NASDAQ up a big 124 today. You'd like to have seen better action. The volume was positive, but advanced decline was negative. But, but by about the same amount, flip side. And also, we had more 52-week lows than highs in NASDAQ. That's not great action. Matter of fact, that's really piss-poor action, if I'm being honest about it, with the NASDAQ up 124. But at the end of the day, price matters more than anything else. NASDAQ up 124, and that's, by the way, Semis led the, uh, not quite, up about the same amount as NASDAQ, but still up eight tenths of 1% today. Uh, semis uh, have been surging, leading the way higher. And again, that's all, that's all textbook action there, bullish action, really is. Uh, and, and frankly, always has been since, uh, since the NASDAQ tech stocks started leading the way uh, back in the 90s. Um, so, you know, it's still, though, it's a positive. It's, it's still a positive. As far as the internals go, it's a net positive on the day, and we will take that. And our sector watch today, of our 11 uh, S&P 500 sectors, we had uh, seven finished higher, four finished lower. Not, not a lot here. Consumer discretion up 1.2%, tech up 9 tenths of 1%. Uh, downside utilities down one tenth, down right at 1% today. Uh, again, yields are a bit higher today. Other, other than that, uh, kind of a quiet day. And uh, on the, um, we'll call it the... Um, extracurricular activities of the day. Colin Powell, going to start with the, the war criminal himself. Now, look, I'm going to sound really cold and, and pretty dark when I say this, but I'm old school. I'm old school when it comes to uh, evil. And Colin Powell was not a good man. I don't care who wants to cherry pick the things he may have done good in his lifetime. Because what I remember about this guy was Secretary of State under George W. Bush, you want to talk about pure evil, Bush, Cheney, Rumsfeld, right there, okay? Right there. Uh, and, then, and then Powell really did some of their dirtiest bidding for them. Because the Iraq war does not happen, period, does not happen. If Colin Powell, as Secretary of State, doesn't go to the United Nations and make his impassioned plea and really demands 
that we, uh, we take care of uh, Saddam Hussein. That's essentially what he said. We got to go to war because they have weapons of mass destruction. Here's the evidence. The problem with that, of course, is that Powell lied, knew he was lying, and manufactured evidence personally. This man lied completely. I guess if it stopped there, I wouldn't be celebrating his death today. And, that, and that's, that's frankly, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I, think, I think that uh, good people should celebrate the death of, of evil. Um, and, and here's what I mean by that. If it weren't for Powell's actions, we would not have gone to war in Iraq. We would not have seven, more than 7,000 dead U.S. soldiers and more than 500,000. I've seen figures that are believable that, that are much higher than what I'm going to tell you of well over a million people dead. But we had at least, minimum, 500,000 dead uh, Iraqis, women, children, and, and men, just farmers or whatever, uh, that were not involved in the war at all, that died because of the Iraq war. That's on Colin Powell. That's the Colin Powell that everyone should remember. And I, I will have this, if we're still doing podcasts, uh, when that, those dark days come for Bush and Cheney and, and Rumsfeld, I will be repeating what I just said on, the, on their day, on their final days. But it will probably be taken up a notch. Because of the four, Rumsfeld, Cheney, uh, Powell was probably the best of the four. You know, but the bottom line is the war does not happen, period. It does not happen unless, unless Cheney, excuse me, unless Powell makes that address to the United Nations and sells the world on how evil Iraq is. And people have forgotten this, too. Not only did he lie and say they had weapons of mass destruction and all that and just fabricating bullshit, the guy also made people believe. This was, this was laughable by people that knew better. Powell made people believe that Saddam Hussein was working with al-Qaeda and, and was behind 9-11. And, of course, everybody that, it was like, everybody that heard that was like, what? These, they were mortal enemies. Uh, Iraq and Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with 9-11, period. If you ever, anyone's ever told you that and you believed it, look, don't take my word for it, do your own research and due diligence, but trust me, that did not happen. But Powell made that point. Evil guy. And it was just even more uh, interesting, I think, that, he, uh, uh, that his family had to make sure that everybody knew that he had been fully vaccinated too. I, that's, that was interesting anyway. Um, so that's, that's, that's the first pal. Second pal is Jay Powell. And how, how, how this guy had, well, we know how he has a job. I mean, they, they're, they're all, they're all bank, banking criminals uh, at the Federal Reserve and, and their sister, sister central banks globally. Uh, this is a cartel. There, there is no more powerful cartel uh, on the planet, the money cartel, the banking cartel. And we're just learning that, as I said at the open here, that, that Bob Kaplan, who's the Dallas Federal Reserve president, and Eric Rosengren, who's the Boston Federal Reserve president, and um, both of them day trading their own, on, on portfolios in crucial times over the last couple of years as the U.S. is going through coronavirus insanity and the markets were getting you know, destroyed. These guys were trading their own accounts. And now we find out that Jay Powell himself did the same thing last October. He sold his uh, a significant amount of, 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 of like well over a million dollars in, uh, in, in equity in equity funds that were in the market, stock market. And he did that uh, just before the October crash happened. When I say crash, 6%, very 
painful drawdown took place in uh, about two weeks in, in October, and he just happened to get out for it. Jay Powell, head of the Fed. This is the monetary mafia. And, uh, it, you know, if, if, we, if we didn't already know that we've reached the point with the, the leaders, the, the, again, the permanent ruling class in this country, if we didn't already know that we've reached the point where political leaders, financial, monetary, okay, they're all different. If we didn't already know that we reached the point where they, the, the system's completely corrupted, then this would be really big news. But we just look at it and go, okay, yeah, well, that sounds, that, that sounds about right. Folks, this, is, this can't continue. This cannot continue. We have to have better leaders. And we have to demand better leadership or, 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 uh, or communism does. This is how communism wins. They do it right in front of you and they get away with it. And they're like, what, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I, I'm one of the select few in the permanent ruling class. Exactly what do you intend to do about it? Um, well, let's, let's hope that that day comes. We can prove that we are going to do something about it and that, that these criminals should be uh, we're paying a very stiff price for this treason that's being committed against this country or constitution and all the great people that, that work towards good ends, uh, especially our military. But again, I've got to say, how, how awesome is it, uh, to, to big good news here, to see what happened. Delta Airlines making the news. They're pilots. Again, you can't fly planes unless you have pilots. The pilots knew they had the upper hand. They used it. They're using it throughout the airline industry. And uh, look, the reports from the Pilots Union, I read this over the weekend, 80% of all pilots that fly planes for these airlines are ex-military. They believe, speaking on behalf of someone at the union, said these pilots believe they have a job to do. And part of the job is to represent and save America and to give, to give Americans a backbone, essentially, to say this is how it's done, right? This, this, is, this is how you have mass civil disobedience and how you change shit. Because they knew that these planes couldn't be flown without them. And when you have... 40, 50, 60% of your pilots saying, no, we're never going to be, just not, we're not going to be vaccinated, you know, maybe on our terms, but you're not going to tell us to do it, you know, you're not, you're not going to, you're not, you're not going to force us to do this. It's just not going to happen. We'll just leave. We'll go. Um, and so Delta decided to stay in business and that's what's going to continue to happen here. Uh, airline after airline, business after business, company after company, and, uh, the good guys are going to win this, um, one last point I'll make today, and before we talk about the commodities and, and wrap the, the podcast up today, um, have you noticed if you've been following the news, this is really going to offend some people. If you've been vaccinated, this is not directed at you, okay? I, it, it's always your body, your choice. I've always felt that way. I've always, no, that's, I, I don't care if you're vaccinated, but stop telling me to do it, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when we have a problem. But just following the data, can we just follow the data? Folks, this is becoming a pandemic of the vaccinated. And if that sounds crazy to you, well, that's probably because you're watching too much mainstream media. Let me tell you the facts. On May 1st, the CDC stopped, officially stopped tracking breakthrough cases. So vaccinated people that get sick. I wonder why the CDC would do that on May 1st. I wonder why. I wonder how they knew what was about to happen. Because here's what's happening. I'm just going to tell you a few states and about the UK. 
uh, because the data supports what I just said. This is becoming a pandemic of the vaccinated. Please keep your social distance. About 100 feet is good. Please mask up at all times. Of course, it's sarcasm. Um, if I was going to get it again, <laughs> I'd be more worried about it, I guess. Massachusetts, 45% of all their coronavirus deaths last week were from the fully vaccinated. Did you get that? 45%. Some states, that's low. Michigan, 41% of their deaths last week were from the fully vaccinated. Vermont, this is a state where 90% of everybody over the age of 12 has been vaccinated. 90% in this, throughout the entire state. How is it that their case counts are now higher than they've ever been? It's off the charts. It's just going parabolic. How is that happening? How's it also the fact that here now we have in the UK, 86% of everybody in the UK over 12 is at least partially vaccinated. But cases as of last week are well above where they were at the same point last year. Again, that's when they just started using the, the jabs. So how is that possible? Again, you have to be a little on the dull side, right, to, to think anything other than we've been lied to on a massive scale about these vaccines. Massive. And that anybody that doesn't understand, you know, uh, wanting to take your time and do some due diligence, maybe let's find out. Let's see how these things do coming out of actual FDA testing, which is not scheduled to be finished until 2024. What's the rush? What's the rush? 99.8% of everybody that gets it recovers fully. What is the rush? We know what the rush is. It was never about a virus. It's about control. It's about authoritarianism. It's about control. It's about making the world China. We, we, we've known this for some time. Uh, and also about reflooding the world with liquidity because we're going into a, a recession or financial depression. Uh, otherwise, if you follow the what's happened reverse repos at the end of 2019. So this was a pandemic, straight through, straight up pandemic. And uh, we have the evidence now and the receipts, as they say, to make that make sense. Uh, and that's what helps, right? Helps, helps with the sanity, I think. Helps us, helps us all to stay sane. Um, and whatever you do, please don't even think about the fact that all the top guys at the big three, right? That's Pfizer, Moderna, and uh, uh, what's the third? I always uh, <laughs> the the big three, whatever the third one is. They, uh, as you can tell, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about these vaccines. All three, though, they're top brass now. Ran the FDA, so top leaders, board members, ran the FDA. They're all now interconnected. And uh, at least should, I think, you know, what's, what's disappointing for me, just as me personally, I really believe that coming out of um, the opioid crisis, which, of course, we're not, we're not really out of at all, right? But I really believe that after the last decade we've seen of uh, the opioid crisis plus, that people would be more skeptical of big pharma and, and the medical establishment, and they'd be asking tougher questions, how is it that we we just give these people a pass? What 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 have we lost? Do we have that poor a memory as a country now? Are, are are have we just completely become sheep that we'll go? Oh yeah, you uh, you killed uh, several hundred thousand Americans with the opioid crisis, and uh, and you lied about it step by step by step. And uh, Pfizer has paid the biggest uh, fine ever in the U.S. history two point four billion dollars. 
Again, by lying about drugs they released in the past. But we're just going to give you a complete pass. Not to mention the doctors that prescribed all this stuff. And, and they're getting, you know, I, uh, I trust the medical establishment uh, just a little bit more than I trust Wall Street. Just to give you an idea how I feel about it. Uh, I do my own research and due diligence. I believe uh, staying away from hospitals. Oh my God, you must stay away from hospitals at all costs. Uh, unless it's just a, an emergency situation. You've got to stay away from sick people. That's one of the best ways to stay well. And of course, we all know that uh, the third biggest cause of death in this country is by medical malpractice. So it's good to know those things. Stay away from doctors at all costs. Ask them a lot. Of, if they're offended by your tough questions, you're not working with the real doctor. That's how it works. Uh, in our commodity wash today, gold down three dollars an ounce at seventeen sixty four. Silver down eleven cents at twenty three twenty three. Uh, copper unchanged at four seventy one a pound. Oil eighty one forty seven down twenty six cents a barrel. And finally, Bitcoin up seventeen sixty five right now at sixty one thousand two eighty two. The first Bitcoin ETF begins trading tomorrow. Uh, first of many. A lot of excitement about this, of course. Feels to me like a buy the rumor, sell the news event. Feels exactly like a buy the rumor, sell the news event. But again, there's a wave of these coming out. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I do know that uh, Bitcoin's had a, 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 a big move in, in the short term. And um, I don't fully understand how these ETFs are going to work with the fact that you can buy Bitcoin on Coinbase or whatever right now. So I know these are all unique products. Some are designed as hedges. Most are just designed as pure plays, but using futures, etc., and uh, I know that it adds credibility, without question. It says the SEC is go going to allow this. We're apparently, big uh, cryptos are now here to stay. And uh, some of these are, fan that's fantastic for some of these because of supply and demand. You know, limited, limited coin issuance. And so that's all really good. But um, again, the, 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 the old Wall Street trader in me says this is a buy the rumor, sell the news event, or certainly feels like one's approaching. I would just say be cautious here. Obviously, we like this group long term, but uh, but uh, I think in the short term, more can go wrong than right uh, in the short term. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Hope you all had a great day. Hope you have an amazing week, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.